Okay, we are back in the studio again, and uh, today I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation. Uh, I've been looking forward to having this conversation um, with Dominic uh, for a while now. Um, and so this is the Ordinary Courage podcast uh, with your host, Venetia Brielt. And in the studio today, I have Dominic Mayhew. Mayhew. Hi. Hi. And uh, he is with the ICE division. He's going to explain that. I think of the cartoon when we, I know this is a really serious conversation that we're about to have, but I think of, uh, you know, like the Incredibles and and the Mm -hmm. dude, right? The dude in the white suit and he blows the ice like you're, Yeah, we should get that as our logo. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) You guys are out there, man. You're You're the ice the ice police. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put making a dent in crime. Dominic, uh, I'll just I'll let you tell us exactly what you do and uh, and then we'll just we'll dive in. Sure, I'll try to give you a, a bit of a brief overview as to, you know, what the landscape looks like. I mean, the the acronym ICE is uh, fairly universal across Canada. Uh, different parts of the world call it different things, but in Canada we have Uh, integrated or internet child exploitation teams so our so that's what the ice stands for internet child exploitation Um, our team is integrated so oftentimes people call it is it ice is it integrated is it internet Uh, it's internet uh, but we are integrated teams in Alberta so integrated means that we'll take partners from other law enforcement agencies so in southern Alberta uh, I'm part of this southern Alberta ice team and so that would be anything in southern Alberta short of Red Deer all the way down to the border from BC all the way over to Saskatchewan um BC has an ice team, Saskatchewan has an ice team, and as we go across the country, they have different setups around what they look like. So in Alberta, our setup is we have a north team out of Edmonton, we have a south team out of Calgary, Uh, we have kind of a jurisdiction around that, and we're made up of RCMP, um, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, and we have some alert corporate kind of um, uh, civilian members um, and then our team is divided roughly into 50% investigators uh, 50% forensic examiners so roughly about 20 people uh, a big bit of a mixed bag across mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. where we come from uh, I'm a member of the Calgary Police Service I guess on loan to the province and okay. so our ice teams are run by an organization named alert so lots of acronyms yeah, in there yeah. uh, but I'll try to just say you know that uh, across Canada, everybody has some sort of version of a uh, internet child exploitation team. Uh, that's what it looks like in Alberta. We obviously work very closely with our North team, mm-hmm. and uh, we are uh, looking at investigations that happen in and around southern Alberta. Okay. Other places are just looking at what happens within the province. Um, so you would think that, you know, for how many cases would we have, right? How mm-hmm. many internet child exploitation cases uh, would we have in Southern Alberta? Well, year to date so far, we're at about 950 cases uh, for this year. And it's hard to really put context in that until you really look at uh, what are previous years uh, been around. So mm-hmm. we've had typically around four to 500 cases. Uh, then we kind of have maybe a thought around COVID. How does that kind of impact? And I think, you know, in terms of internet crimes, uh, we've had a lot more 
uh, probably just as a result of the catalyst that's brought on from Mm -hmm. more people being at home, more people connected to technology. And Mm -hmm. so it makes sense that we would see uh, offenses around uh, children, uh, especially internet driven, uh, go up during these times. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, so you said 950, roughly. Okay, and so can you, so I know you and I have already talked a little bit, like we spent about 40 minutes on the phone a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, and then even just a few minutes ago, just before uh, hitting record. And so I'm, I'm just going to ask questions, and then you, because I know some of these things you're not going to be able to answer. Sure. Um, so can you, so what are, what are we, what are we what are we talking here? Like, what are, what does a case look like? What mm. is like, I, what, what is a, what does a profile look like of, of someone that is targeting our children? And like, because I know even, um, in when you and I spoke on the phone a couple of weeks ago for mm-hmm. 40 minutes, um, it was, it was a bit mind boggling for me. Just the, there were things I learned in that conversation that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, you know, I know everyone's knowledge of sexual exploitation, um, uh, you know, and and this whole human trafficking and how it all works. Like, I know our knowledge is all going to vary depending, I guess, on just, you know, our own personal interest, how much mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. handle, tolerate, uh, things like that. And so I know for me, this whole issue of sexual exploitation, human trafficking is something I'm very much passionate about. Um, so I was a bit blown away by how, like you, you talked about um, these predators and pedophiles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people that, you know, like they're professionals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is their job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. I, I mean, I guess for the people listening, I'll try to break it down in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, um, for people who are looking to uh, offend against children, that can look lots of different ways. Um, if we were to go over to other parts of the world, Southeast Asia, and you look at the word uh, child exploitation or trafficking, I think that's going to look a lot different. Um, that would probably be for other places where we're looking as you know, uh, using kids in terms of sexually exploiting them in terms of profit mm-hmm. um, and the whole trafficking aspect around around that. In Alberta, I think what we see is a little bit of a different uh, version of that. So we're not, you know, seeing, you know, um, perhaps the same sort of level of, uh, call it like brothels around children and yeah. that sort of sexual exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think across the world, um, there's lots of different uh, niche areas. So when you look at um, perhaps just even the definition of a child molester or a pedophile, um, those are terms that probably most people sort of can visualize or kind of or figure out, you mm-hmm. know, what we're talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, perhaps if I to try to have some relevance. If we were to go back to the 1970s and you were somebody who's looking to trade images or pictures, uh, the land before technology, you might be looking at, you know, film, uh, Polaroids, Mm -hmm. uh, magazines, and so you might be a collector of those sort of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're physical, tangible assets. Uh, Obviously, you could put in banker's boxes and and collect those things. Mm -hmm. 
Well, welcome to the new age of technology. Uh, pretty much everybody is walking around with some sort of electronic device mm -hmm. uh, that is a vault uh, that can contain hundreds and hundreds of bankers' boxes okay. worth of information. So mm -hmm. uh, anybody's iPhone, Samsung, uh, obviously there's a lot of uh, personal uh, encryption around those devices, but mm -hmm. each one of those could hold hundreds of thousands of pictures, hundreds of thousands of videos. Mm -hmm. So... In essence, you know, co coming from where you used to have, you know, tangible pieces of, of evidence, as we would call it, mm -hmm. now we're into a digital world. Mm -hmm. When you then expand it to kind of the internet portion of that, now we have individuals that are looking to access, possess, and distribute that sort of content online. Mm -hmm. And again, when we look at what the internet affords. Uh, we have online storage. We have anonymous ways of communicating. Mm -hmm. We have end-to-end -end encryption. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, lockers that can be secured online. And so when you think about those physical banker's boxes, now hundreds and hundreds of those could be represented anywhere uh, on the internet and accessed and shared with other like-minded offenders. Then you have, obviously, chat groups mm -hmm. uh, where people can interact with like-minded offenders. Mm -hmm. uh, that in itself is another huge area. Mm -hmm. So, in essence, our team is looking to make as many rests as possible for people that are engaged in that sort of access, possess, distribute of child pornography. And I think we'll probably talk about that term a little mm -hmm. bit. Yes. And then um, and then there's also, I would say that represents in Alberta, the predominant issue around people who are accessing, possessing and distributing. And then obviously, we have the very concerning areas where offenders are looking to reach out and engage with kids okay, with yeah. the very explicit, you know, uh, motivation around either obtaining images or mm -hmm. videos from those kids, uh, pretending like they're uh, a peer, uh, misrepresenting their identities, obviously, online, mm -hmm. infiltrating youth and their youth, uh, their peers. Uh, and then there's the others that are looking to physically meet up with kids or engage with kids. Uh, we call that typically luring. Uh, but obviously, the offenses that, that occur from then from there would be obviously sexual assault, uh, se sexual exploitation, sexual interference, and all of those realm of offenses. Okay, so for all of that that you just described, so um, you right now you're saying you have over 900 of those cases yep. that you're aware of. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so can we, um, can you take us, can we just open up that whole thing of the luring the meeting them online what what does that look like so so you know and and in a way so that we can parents can become more aware too right mm -hmm. but just mm -hmm. i mean yeah i mean we can put the information out there right as much as we can but i just yeah can we, can you unpack that yeah, I've heard it. I mean, I think these are very tricky things to kind of process, you know, for most people because it's so, um, it's not even in the realm for most people. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think probably one term that we've seen is um, if you're a, uh, a pedophile, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a child molester. If you're a child molester, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a pedophile. And those are mind-blowing concepts, I think, for most people to try to, so to, what do you to, mean try to wrap that? your head. Yeah. So there are people, so I think that's where we have two kind of separate offenses. So we have people that are interested in just collecting material. Uh, so those would be the banker's boxes worth of pictures, okay. videos, and other things. Um, I mean, obviously concerning to the public is anybody who's collecting that type of content, what would they do if they actually had access to a child? Um, but they're not necessarily mutually, you know, they can be mutually exclusive terms. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of that, uh, what we found is there, um, in other areas of policing, we have the child abuse team. They typically deal with the sexual assault of children. Most sexual assaults of children are occurring by people that are known to them within their family circle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, with, when you look at kind of that pedophile, um, child molester sort of genre, they're all concerning. And I think we want to provide some sort of safeguards or whenever we're, we see people engaged in these activities, we should be concerned around, you know, what they are doing and, and how mm -hmm. they're interacting with children. So I think here, you know, going back to your what is one case look like, mm -hmm. it's really varied. So we could have somebody who, who is just exclusively collecting, distributing, accessing, sharing that sort of that media, uh, mm -hmm. pictures and videos, uh, we could have somebody who has a very specific sort of luring component. So I'll give you an example of both maybe, and then, you know, we can, um, we can chat about okay. what they look like. So we get a lot of uh, tips or we were able to generate lots of uh, tips from uh, just what people are doing online and all of this be a little bit guarded around mm -hmm. you know how we procure our offenders or how we develop investigations but what I can say is we have no problem finding people who are accessing possessing and distributing content online uh, our tips come to us from a variety of uh, platforms or people who are looking to share what they're seeing occurring mm -hmm. on their on their uh, media. Mm -hmm. um, so we could look at any one of those types of tips and we would see people who are, uh, as I say, either accessing that material, either going to sites or locating or looking at material online. Mm -hmm. Then we would have people that are distributing that content. So um, you and I are like-minded offenders. Uh, we're both interested in the same sort of things. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a little bit deep and dark yeah, and no, disturbing. It's, I, I know it is, but that, that's, <laughs> um, I want to go there. But yeah. you, you're interested in the things that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. I have content that you don't have, and so I want to be able to share that content mm -hmm. with you. So that would be, uh, you know, that not only am, am I possessing the content, but I'm also looking to distribute it to you. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask that, actually, if they kind of, like work together mm -hmm. sort of thing like uh, you know what I mean yeah and that's very much like I think the best way to wrap our heads around it um there is while we have you know probably in our office uh 18 million different pieces of individual uh child pornography uh pictures or videos um, did, did you say 18 yeah. mil million just in our office, like just from things that we have uh, gone out and arrested and we've collected as individual unique pieces. Like in the last what? How, when? So I would say, you know, on any given file, uh, we'll come across, um, you know, upwards of uh, two, 200,000 images. Uh, not always, but some of our larger cases would have 200,000 individual pieces of 
images or videos. So oh, if I went God. to your house yeah. uh, and I was to look at uh, any device that's capable accessing the internet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or capable of storing a device mm-hmm. uh, or storing some media, how many pieces of technology would I remove from your house? Yeah. So yeah. it would be iPhones, game consoles, USB drives, mm-hmm. um, laptops, computers, you name it. So most people, you know, we could probably pull, you know, 20, 30, 40 exhibits out of your house. And mm-hmm. each one of those is capable of storing a lot of data. So for our cases, um, that is what we're looking at. Our evidence, in essence, is that um, evidence of are you, are you accessing the material? Are you possessing, you know, do you have it within your devices? Mm-hmm. Uh, and who might you be distributing it to? Okay. And you guys are able to, like, through your own means and technology and things like that, like, mm-hmm. is that how you prior, like, that's how you build your case kind of thing? Yeah. I would say, you know, that we have, um, as much as the internet is a tool for the offenders because mm-hmm. they think that they have this uh, anonymity behind the internet, um, technology is as much of a a problem for us because people can encrypt their devices. They can use different uh, mechanism to try to mask their identities online. But as much as technology is an asset for them, it is also an asset Mm -hmm. for us as investigators. Mm -hmm. So what I could say is that we have no problem procuring targets. If I was to look at, and we have looked in and around Southern Alberta, um, we would have no problem going out and making 3,400 arrests uh, if we had the manpower to do that. So we could look pretty much, and we've been every populated area in southern Alberta. Um, we've been to every small town. We've been to large centers. It's not just a big city problem. Mm-hmm. It's anywhere where there are people. We would be able to go look to find uh, who might have access to this material. Okay, so I'm not sure if I heard you right or not, but so you like you you could make like 3,400 arrests, mm-hmm. but you guys are unable to do that because That's of manpower. Right. Yeah, so I would say probably uh, right. I mean, who would think that you you know that we would ever have that sort of issue? Uh, probably we're able to action maybe one in 10 of every uh, viable information that comes to us. So Um, how do we fix that problem? Yeah, exactly. Um, It's very tricky because I think, you know, our team of uh, 20 people are all out all the time uh, trying to arrest as many folks as we can. So this last week, uh, we'll attend uh, two search warrants. We'll progress two files to the point where we can execute a search warrant go out and seize that evidence, look at that evidence, and then sort of lay charges from that. But obviously these investigations are um, are very complex. Uh, they're time-consuming. Mm-hmm. And for each of our investigators to try to progress one file to a search warrant, um, that's where we're basically looking at not only just one in ten of the reports that come to us, uh, but if we were to go out, if we had endless amounts of manpower, we could go out and find... 10 times the amount of files that were being given. Holy, I... Uh. So it's it's daunting. But I guess, you know, like for, for people, we could... I don't... 
to try to find an example perhaps would be, uh, and it's difficult because I think our person crimes, we prioritize, you know, for most people want those person crimes looked at. But if I was to look at what something like... What do you mean like, by person crimes? Uh, crimes against persons. Uh, so homicide, sexual assaults, oh, okay, okay. Things, uh, physical assaults. Uh, but if we were to look at maybe something like property crime, uh, stolen vehicles, um, how many stolen vehicles would we be able to make uh, an arrest on? It's sort of similar that I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is the problem is, is so deep and so pervasive and so there's so much of it uh, that we are, we are never going to be able to saturate um, by just making arrests. I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. Dom, I don't like that answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally get what you're saying, but I, that seems so messed up to me. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think it's like, I, I mean, at... not even being able to have the manpower, like to, mm-hmm. to just do more. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. if, right, because what you're saying to me is that you guys could do more if you had more manpower for sure so we could be putting a bit more of a dent in this thing if we had more manpower Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think you know there's while we have a nice team in alberta we actually have two Mm -hmm. um i i would think when you look across canada in terms of just manpower um ours is is fairly well uh, developed. Mm-hmm. Like our ICE team has been around for over a decade. Uh, it's grown over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, funding, you know, um, keeps us growing mm-hmm. at, at some at some sort of rate. If you were to look back what our ICE team was 10 years ago uh, compared to what it is mm-hmm. today, uh, totally different. When you grow across Canada, um, there's some ICE teams that are operating as a province with three members. Oh. So when you look at sort of a per, uh, a provincial group that mm-hmm. with three members dedicated to that, when I say that we have twenty, uh, it, it's obviously we're we're invested in trying to do as much as we can within totally. that genre. Yeah. But I guess you know what I could say it's almost like an analogy of shooting fish in a barrel. Like it is just prolific, and I think that's as a result of technology, just mm-hmm. makes it such mm-hmm. a crime that is always going to be there uh, much the mm-hmm. same as uh, online fraud or mm-hmm. other things with technology yes, it's just totally. going to be it's going to be always present it's yeah. always going to be very pervasive mm-hmm. okay so so who are these what's what what would a profile look like like how like mm-hmm. because i know that when you and i chatted on the phone that was a little bit of a shocker for me too because you know, we kind of, you know, we always seem to think of, you know, like individuals that are, that are into this kind of stuff is, you know, they're like, they're scum, they're no good for nothing. They're Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uneducated. They're, you know, just all the kind of labels that we have. Right. And, and you, you, um, you told me like, that's not the case at all. Like these are, Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're one, they're very skilled at what they do mm-hmm. there. And it was, that was a little bit mind boggling for me. Cause mm-hmm. I, I never, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have just thought that. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, um, 
because this is technology crime. Uh, I think you know you have to be aware of where are you going to go and where are you going to look to procure this uh, information. What it can tell you, and as shocking as this may be, if you were to give me a laptop and access to the internet, I could fill it within 20 minutes just by looking in the right places. So you would think that this would be difficult material to find. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once you're engaged, um, once you've developed enough of your time in terms of locating where to source this stuff from, Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you that it's not difficult to find. Um, And and there's, because of technology, uh, endless amounts available. I guess if you were to, in a very similar way, to look at uh, adult pornography, Mm -hmm. uh, where can you find that? I know, but I would just punch that in if I was, you know what I mean? Adult porn. Yeah, and so we're looking at, you know, uh, two technical terms. We're looking at ClearNet, which is anything that you could type into a web browser and locate. And then you're looking at DarkNet, which is not necessarily organized by something like a Google browser, uh, but has, you know, an estimated 70 times the amount of material than the ClearNet would have. So what is available on the ClearNet? There is... uh, uh, there are people uh, accessing, possessing, and distributing on the ClearNet uh, through social media sites, through online storage, through group chats, and all of those things would be available on the ClearNet. And then there's what would be available on the dark web, um, memberships, accounts, storage, uh, okay. and the same sort of access, possess, distribute that would occur on the dark web as well. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so can you... Like, um, just give us a picture of, like, who some of these people are and, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Every week we go out, uh, there's not a week that goes by that we don't... we don't arrest somebody that we're not going to somebody's house uh we're not seizing exhibits we're not looking uh at people's devices um so every week we go out and what i would say is i don't know if i if i'm necessarily going to commit to there's a particular type of uh, profile that goes along with that but what i can say is it's not social economic based Mm -hmm. um we're not it goes across all levels of social economics, all aspects of education. Mm-hmm. So uh, have doctors been arrested? For sure. Have lawyers been arrested? For sure. Um, so it's not just even, you know, like we're never sure what we're going to find in terms of uh, mm-hmm. what what people have. But what I can say is that most of the people that we're arresting either have a significant history for these types of offenses or they have none, which means we've never come across those people, which is a bit interesting and novel for police work because most of the time when we're dealing with, we'll say, targets, mm-hmm. um, if we were to deal with a drug target or an organized crime target, mm-hmm. um, how we know how bad of a person they are perhaps is based on what we know about them, mm-hmm. uh, what information is being collected, what associations they have, what their activities have been. Mm-hmm. For ICE offenders, there's a dramatic lack of any of that. Uh, they are tax-paying uh, citizens. Uh, they are people that are just that we could go out and just look around and say, mm-hmm. who who might be one of our offenders? Well, they could be anybody. That's the reality. So yeah. they're yeah. not they're not 
they are criminals based mm-hmm. on what they do, but they may not have that criminality. You know, that we're not going to see, you know, that they're people that have uh, stolen cars, like mm-hmm. possessed stolen property. That is not the type of offender mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they represent. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of a, a novelty um, in ICE work, but otherwise they could be anybody. Mm-hmm. We should talk about child pornography, though. Yes, please. Yeah. (laughs) Because I keep saying that. And I think, you know, it's uh, a term that I think, you know, uh, for everybody, they need to know what exactly we're we're talking about. The criminal code of Canada and a lot of places in the world are defining it as child pornography. And I would hope that maybe one day that terminology, terminology will change. Yeah. A lot of people within who are looking at these types of offenses uh, on law enforcement or social agencies were classifying that as child sexual abuse material, or Mm -hmm. I'll just say CSAM. Other places call it um, child sexual abuse imagery. Mm -hmm. But I think you know the word pornography. You know, if I was to say that term to you, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a few things that maybe could come to mind that I think are very misrepresentative of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it could be consensual adults. It could be, you know, like adult entertainers. It could be something that's for profit. It could Mm -hmm. be a whole bunch of things, Mm -hmm. you know, like a that are not appropriate when we're talking about kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. So we're talking about when we're looking at these pictures and videos, we are seeing evidence or a crime scene photo of a child being uh, sexually assaulted. So when we often give presentations on what do we do, because it's such a foreign nature to most people, they're like, oh, you know, I, I, I once took this picture of my, uh, of my uh, niece in the bathtub and, uh, you know, it was a kind of a funny picture and, you know, it wasn't necessarily, I didn't think anything of it and I sent it via Facebook. Could I have been, did I actually produce child pornography? Uh, did I distribute it? Mm-hmm. Um, um, you take a picture of, you know, a rash and you send it to somebody. Um, did I, you know, those are not the things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Those are, mm-hmm. you know, what most people might think that we're talking about, or maybe, you know, the, uh, an adult that's dressed in provocative looks like school aged clothing. That's also not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, um, uh, from the age from basically newborn, toddler, infant, all the way up to 18, uh, kids who are being sexually exalted. Um, and either it's pictures or videos of that. It's dark, it's disturbing, it's horrifying to think that those pictures exist. But if you think, you know, that our office, we would have 18 million unique Uh, pictures and videos of that and that is nothing compared to the content Mm -hmm. that is available online Mm -hmm. okay so how like how how are how are some of the ways that like when you say 18 down to newborn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um, that's actually even just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for people to even think about it, it is, it is horrifying. And how could anybody possibly, you know, uh, uh, why would anybody be interested in that material? Um, 
why would there be such vast amounts of this? Mm -hmm. Um, Most of the offenders are cognizant that they've seen everything on the internet. They've seen every picture and video that they could possibly collect. And one of the things that we're seeing kind of in chat groups or, or, or rooms where, you know, uh, offenders are interacting is they are looking for new material. They are always looking for something that they haven't seen before. So this is literally like a, a drug. Yeah, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that, though, because I, it, it, sort of, it, it sort of placates or sort of forgives or condones. No, 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 and, I, that, and that, I don't, that's the last thing I, yeah. that's not my intention either, mm-hmm. but I, it's almost like you just, it gets sicker and sicker and sicker. Like the, it's just not enough anymore. Like you become immune, mm-hmm. you become tolerant, you know, mm-hmm. you build, mm-hmm. you build up that tolerance. Like you just have to go further and further and further and further. Yeah, perhaps. And then there's the, the, the people who are called producers. Uh, so this is a term that, you know, would be used in an online environment. So those are going to be people that are producing their own content, uh, where most people might just be, you know, share with me what you have. Uh, there is almost like a, a notoriety or almost like a, uh, a, a, another notch or a, a tier above oh, for God. people that are actually producing content. So if you're able to give me something new, show me something new, uh, show me n- some new level of offense, th- those people are the ones that are going to be, yeah, I want to be... I want to be your friend online. I want to uh, share with me what you have. And so that in represents probably our most uh, serious work because obviously for the people that are producing it, those are the people who are looking to offend actively against kids. Uh, those are the people that are going to be, you know, that maybe as a lay person would think that is the that is the uh, active pedophile that is out there that is looking to engage with kids. And then that represents sort of our, our second level of, you know, type of offender of, of who we're looking at. Um, I said the word professional uh, recently also in the media, mm-hmm. and I regret saying that only because I think it, it, it's very similar to, you know, almost reinforcing that what they do is... Um, is somehow uh, it's a job or sanctioned or they have... Yeah, okay, I, I hear you, Dom. I'm yeah. with you, I'm I with you. So I regret saying that, but I think, you know, like it was a simplistic term and sort of me describing that they are very savvy in yeah, terms of and how, I, yeah. how they procure targets yeah. and how they procure child yeah. victims. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, if to take us down another very dark road, mm-hmm. if we were to, if we're like-minded offenders and we're looking to produce material... Where are we going to get that material from? How are we going to get pictures and videos? Uh, I think, you know, sometimes the general public might think, okay, I'm going to be that Boy Scout um, leader. I'm going, to, I'm going to pick areas in which I can uh, be a youth leader mm-hmm. so that I have, you know, total uh, unlimited contact totally. with children. Access. So that is, in fact, you know, what is concerning to us. If you have somebody with a mindset who's engaged in this activity, who do you have close and unsupervised contact with in terms of a child? And there are some offenders that are of the mindset that um, the less children can talk, that means that the less chance that they're going to get reported. So... um, 
So that is, you know, where we have people with this mindset um, who are looking to engage with kids is needs to be like our uh, our most valuable work. And so nowadays we see, you know, that kids from a very early age, um, from the ages, uh, we'll have kids that are six years old who are engaged with internet activities almost full time. So when you are engaging sort of unscripted uh, without sort of knowing how that big world that you're going mm-hmm. out into, you have kids, you know, that are the age of five and six who are at extreme risk of being contacted by somebody they consider to be a friend. So whether they're playing what seems like an innocent game. Okay. So, so like what game would that be? So I'll just pick one and yeah. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not picking on this because it's uh, necessarily a higher platform, um, but there are some kids' games like where you interact in sort of a virtual environment. So Roblox is uh, a game that's, you know, typically, you know, a, a 6 to 12-year-old sort of genre of game. You create a, a almost like a Lego character. Yeah, you, totally. My boys played that game. You, you enter into like a sort of a virtual environment. Yeah. You build things. You yeah, interact yeah, with yeah. other people. So kids don't have, shit. they won't have the same sort of level of uh, getting sort of the, the weird and creepy, the heebie-jeebies that you and I might get from a creepy person online. We have a whole lifetime of experience mm-hmm. that we know when something is not right. We're getting social cues, like we may even just get a gut feeling. Totally, yeah. Uh, we're getting all these things that just say, uh, I don't like this person, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but kids don't have that. Uh, kids, um, they also don't have the brain development. We know that their brains are developing up to the age of 21. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no experience and they have very little sense that anybody who wants to be their friend is in fact their friend. Well, especially if you're dressed up like a Lego character right. online. Yeah. yeah. And so as kids get older, um, you know, what I would say is, you show me one teenage girl, uh, 13-year-old teenage girl, mm-hmm. I use uh, social media accounts, mm-hmm. and I will show you one social media account where you have the vast majority of the people who you don't know personally. And what I would say is that is a ripe environment for an offender to infiltrate either those sort of online gaming platforms or social media mm-hmm. um, where I can pretend to be your friend. Uh, I will, uh, and that's when I, when I said professional, um, they are over and over repeated uh, attempts you know, to engage with kids. They have what I would call repetitions or the amount of times that they have, you know, to repeat that activity. Mm -hmm. They have an endless amount of time and opportunity to perfect what I'll call their craft. Mm -hmm. And their craft is to infiltrate you as a particular, you know, teenage boy, teenage girl, uh, young boy, young girl. So, and then once we, once the offender has the opportunity to engage with you and build up a, a sense of, I'm your friend, Mm -hmm. what we then typically see is they want to move that child onto another platform in which they can um, get them to produce self-images. So I have literally seen kids who are just broadcasting on YouTube 
literally have their pants talked off of them within 20 minutes of dealing with an online offender. And you would think, how is that possible? I was just going to ask you that. How was that possible? And so repeatedly over and over again. And then once, you know, they have that child, move them off onto a platform so that they can have further conversation, um, whether it's like a social media account, Instagram, Snapchat, Discord, any sort of those platforms are, again, ripe for an offender to interact with a child um, and get them to produce material for them. Then the next continuation with that of that would be the um, the extortion of that child victim. Mm-hmm. So now you sent me nude images. Now you have to comply with everything that I ask you to do, or I'm going to send these to your mom, your dad, your cousin, your school friends, because I know everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm friends with all of those people. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. So while I could probably, you know, suggest to you, you know, what are some of the things that parents could do? I think I've just described what all of those things are. Yeah, Uh, we all need to throw out our our iPads (laughs) and our laptops. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like, this is a different world that we live in for kids. Um, When we, and I think what I said to you on the phone, and, you know, one example that I think will resonate for people is, you know, for people who are, you know, uh, I was going to say, you know, our age, you know, I'd say we're young adults. <laughs> so for, I like that. So for young adults, um, when we were kids, we got told by our parents or, you know, the people around us, you know, it, the sun's gone down. I'm, I'm concerned for your safety. Come home. So when the lights go on, you come home. You're safe. Yeah. When the street lights home. are on, it's time to come home. Yeah. Now what I've just described to you uh, yeah. during this time is you're actually not even safe within your own home Mm -hmm. when you have an electronic device that you can connect with an offender. And while I would say, you know, that that is, you know, um, that happens every week. So we get calls from frontline patrols, from, uh, from officers that are going out to interact with, you know, parents who have discovered this content or, you know, their child's made an admission or somehow this information's come out and got leaked. Every week, there is not a week that goes by that we don't have multiple complaints that a child's been interacting with an online offender. And then obviously, our job would be to try to reverse the the process around how do we locate that offender? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do we work with international uh, law enforcement? Because if you're if I'm your friend on Instagram, where do I live in the world? Yeah, no kidding. Anywhere. Yeah. I could live anywhere. Yeah. And so obviously we need to have international contacts that, mm-hmm. you know, we we complete the investigation and then we'll turn it over, you know, to somebody. Sorry to disturb you. I no, mean, don't. Else. No, I no, mean, no, I, no, 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 no. Don't apologize. I'm, it's, uh, it's, uh. I mean, we, we, I really believe like we need to know this Mm -hmm. and it should disturb us. It should disturb all of us. It should disturb us greatly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To the point that we are more aware, Mm -hmm. you know, we take the time to become more educated. We take the time to be more aware because Mm -hmm. it is disturbing. It's, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as our kids, right. I mean, this is the world that they're going to live in. Totally. And I've heard, you know, some, you know, people from ICE teams advocate that we need to take technology away from kids. Um, th- that's that's obviously not going to happen, and, and we're realistic mm-hmm. to that. Uh, we need to teach our kids. It's going to be, you know, the reading, the writing, the math is where we go to school to learn our core elements. Uh, what we need to teach our kids is around this digital citizenship. How do you engage with an electronic device in a digital world mm-hmm. that you're protecting yourself mm-hmm. and you know that you're cognizant that you know mm-hmm. what happens on the internet lasts forever. So these are skill sets that we need to develop within our kids yes, at I, yes. a very early age yeah, so that yeah, yeah. you know that we can build up their experiences yeah. and that we need to have those conversations, you know, around kids around you know, who are your friends online? Who are you? Well, I know with? who they all are, like actually. And you so, know. yeah, I'll, that scenario where I t- talked to you about, you know, uh, an offender talking the pants off, uh, yeah. you know, a six-year-old within 20 minutes on YouTube. Um, that is just a, an average regular family. And in that video, we actually saw, you know, the... Um, the, the child go find mom who was just happened to be in another room reading a book totally had no idea what had happened oh, right zero man. idea that what had just occurred um but what they're looking for is a charging cord so they can stay kind of online longer um the offenders actively trying to move them off of a platform onto another you know uh so they can get their username and password or just the ability to be able to further that communication and when we go into households that are like this, it can happen in the blink of an eye. Um, it, and it, it's not necessarily the parents are, are not doing the right thing mm-hmm. because they all just say, I had no idea this was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I try to, to do as, as much as I can. Um, but I think, you know, we need to be in children's devices. Mm-hmm. We, Absolutely. A, a lot of kids have the sort of, this is my device. This yeah. is my password. Uh, you can't look within yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that's very difficult to try mm-hmm. to navigate mm-hmm. some of those boundaries. Those around. rules aren't in my house. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. And I'm t- I have grandkids now and yeah. I'm, you know, like I'm, yeah, no, if you're under my roof, like I, yeah. I, I own you. <laughs> right. And it's probably, you know I mean? like, and it's not going to occur when you're sitting in the room with them because you're probably going to see things. Yeah. Um, but it's when kids have technology in their bedrooms with closed doors oh, after hours gosh, and all of man. those things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just so available in this day and age. Too available. That's, that is scary as hell. Like, mm-hmm. and just like you said, like, it's like having an intruder walk right into your house mm-hmm. and molest your child. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. really what's happening. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what I'll reassure people is this happens in every community. This isn't a big city problem. This is a rural mm-hmm. problem. This happens in small farming communities. Uh, this can happen anywhere. And mm-hmm. And in fact, when you can be, when you can reach out on the internet and be anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. is where I think, you know, people have to be aware around using devices on the internet with kids mm-hmm. comes with some sort of inherent danger that I think we just have to be mindful about. Okay, so best defense, what I'm hearing you say, best defense for parents is 
to be vigilant around your child's internet online access, right? What is that? Yeah, like that. That would because I mean, you're right. I mean, we live. This is the world we live in now. and even, you know, because of COVID and things like that, we're probably going to be even going more that way, right? More online. Mm-hmm. So it's not like our kids are not going to be online. Um, they are. Um, and so just as parents, probably the best thing we can try to do or, or to just do, these are, the, these are the rules, is to just know, know, where, your, know where your kid is online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, would you... I mean, we can probably put parent blocks on certain things. Can you, you're smiling at me like, (laughs) well, you know, only because I think, you know, like, um, this is so in, in, this is such a part of our kids' lives in terms of socialization, Mm -hmm. um, where we used to pick up the phone and call our Mm -hmm, friends. mm -hmm. Um, That's how kids communicate nowadays. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, like, it's very challenging to, you know, to say, um, it's, well, I, I would say it's very challenging for any parent to have a conversation around their 13 year old, not having Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I know. I Th- know. That is very, that is a very challenging because all of their friends are on Snapchat yeah. and I'm not just picking on Snapchat, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. because I think there's a greater risk there. Uh, there's a risk with any social media yeah. application. But I think when kids are looking to communicate with their friends, mm-hmm. they're going to be on things that we've never heard of. Now, mm-hmm. most people have heard of Snapchat, but I could list off, you know, applications, you know, that kids come up with that they want to be uh, part, like either in a group chat or in some sort of like forum or some sort of social media site. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very challenging for parents to be mm-hmm. like, okay, what are you asking for? You know, yeah. uh, I would encourage, you know, just to try to be as aware as possible. I've seen, you know, like online websites where you're, you know, you're you're pretending to be a fictional ca- character and sort of an avatar and some sort of web-based chat group. Okay. Go have a look at that. Read some reviews around, you know, what people have said. And I've done that even for myself. You would mm-hmm. think I've heard of everything. Mm-hmm. I haven't. If I go on, just even do a little bit of research in terms of, um, I'm often just surprised by the feedback that other people have given. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this site is full of offenders. Don't let your children go on there. So obviously, Holy. if you uh, if you are engaged and aware, that's that's you know, the vast majority, um, I would say, you know, to, to have a thought that you can go in and, and look through your child's device is, is something very unique and individual for each people to sort Mm -hmm. of assess. But again, you give me any, you know, uh, young person's social media accounts, and I'll go through that and ask them, how many of these people do you physically have you met? How many of these people? Oh, they're they're friends of my friends, mm-hmm. so therefore they must be my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I look at that a little bit differently, mm-hmm. uh, because unless you've met them, unless you know who they are, um, there is always a potential that your friend is not who they say they are. Mm-hmm. That was air quotes for anyone <laughs> listening. That that last friend was air quotes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, be be aware, be engaged, uh, be cognizant that it is uh, prolific. And then, you know, for people, uh, if you see offenders that are engaging, you know, with fringe material or things that you're concerned, 
about, uh, put in a tip, uh, report that activity. Um, sometimes it's very secretive and we see people that you know had no idea. Other times they knew what they were in, sort of engaged with. Mm -hmm. Didn't think it was as big of a problem as what it is. Okay, mm -hmm. so quick question, and but how, okay, so that's for kids that are, you know, online, things like that. How, how is this happening with our infants, with our toddlers, with our, our under, under age five kids? How is this even possible? Like some of the stuff that you were like, how, yeah, how? how is that possible? Um, yeah, I don't really want to. Is that one of the things? You, it, we well, can't, no, we I can't I just, open up that door. I don't want to make it. Um, I don't want to make it. Um, you know, it is the the harsh reality that there are offenders that are that have a very specific genre of what they're looking for. Uh, there are, and we find that typically all the time. It's not, you know, like there's offenders that are that are. I'm only interested in boys. I'm only interested in girls. I am only interested in boys from infant to age six. I am only interested in girls between the ages of six and 12. Very specific types of genres. And if we were to sort of, you know, maybe make a comparison between adult pornography and some of the genres that occur on that mm -hmm. sort of uh uh there is exactly the same sort of genres that happen, okay. you know, with 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 offenders and kids and different age groups. Um, I would love to think that there's not anybody that's interested in kids under the age of six. Um, that is not the case. Mm -hmm. So, and what's more concerning is, are going to be the people that want to produce new material, you know, for. So, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think. Well, I mean, yeah, well, yes and no. Like it just, I, I mean, and I know it's, 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 um, I mean, cause some of it, it's all online and stuff like that. I just, I guess I was thinking even sort of like more locally here, like, so is this where our kid, like kids are kidnapped or, or something like that? Like how, that's what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. how is that okay. is, how are they getting access to, Yeah. but you know, when I think of that overseas, I understand that right. how that could happen a little bit more mm -hmm. just based mm -hmm. on the little knowledge that I have about this. But um, but when I'm thinking more, you know, Canada, more, you know, across our provinces and stuff like that, like, or or is it just, is that where it's coming from? Like how, it can't be the only, yeah. No, I would say that, you know, going back to our, the original thought is that mm -hmm. different countries will have different problems. Mm -hmm. And as disturbing as this may sound, you know, when kids are a commodity, if you can, you know, do an online show with a child and you're going to get paid for that content, I think that economics in some parts of the world is going to dictate, you know, how kids are going to be brought into those offenses. Okay. Probably a lot more prevalent in other areas. Mm -hmm. In Canada, I think, you know, the, the material that is going to be produced is likely going to be somebody who is known to the family, known to the child, mm -hmm. who has um, close and unsupervised access to that child. 
in whatever environment mm-hmm. that might mm-hmm. be within the home, within, you know, uh, some sort of group or some sort of youth group. Um, mm-hmm. It is typically always somebody that's known. It's yes. not necessarily like a stranger uh, type scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are always possible. Um, but I think we just have a different view of what that would look like okay okay here in Canada okay oh wow you're probably gonna get a lot of parents calling you after this I if honestly if this if I because pretty much almost all my kids are grown now um but I I would be totally telling my kids that I have ice that they tapped all their devices and <laughs> we know what you're doing. We know I've, I've got tabs on all on you. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I've got this friend. His name's Dom. <laughs> I wouldn't even say your full name. So it just sounds more. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, our job again, um, we're law enforcement. So our job is to, you know, to, to arrest as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks for, for having me because I think, you know, this is it's not very often that we get to, to speak candidly, raw, mm-hmm. uh, regarding some of these things for mm-hmm. public awareness. Uh, oftentimes we're so focused on enforcement that yeah. we don't necessarily take, you know, as many opportunities as we can to talk about the intervention, prevention, mm-hmm. and education that goes along with some mm-hmm. of these topics. Um, you'll be able to send me some links and stuff like that that we can put in the show notes what what is uh, do you guys have a a number um, a, like you mentioned calling mm-hmm. in tips and stuff like that what what sure. number would that be sure we we typically get public tips from one of two places uh, crime stoppers is is okay. always yeah. you know available to people you can do that via the phone you can do mm-hmm. that online uh, cybertip.ca um, child center for uh, protection um, those agencies I mean, any time that you sort of go online and you look for, even if you were to just type a Google search, uh, how to report child exploitation, you're going to get brought to a site almost mm-hmm. immediately to to do that. Uh, cybertip.ca is probably one of our largest partners in terms okay. of, um, and, and those are great opportunities for, you know, if a child is in one of these situations, maybe the older children where they where they realize something has happened, they don't know where to turn, uh, they've shared some images, they're now being, mm-hmm. you know, uh, extorted for those. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that can help you um, regardless of, of how bad you think it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are situations where um, uh, not only the social agencies but police can help mm-hmm. you figure that situation out. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of kids, you know, obviously are getting to a point where they feel ashamed. They, they know that something's happened. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily want their parents to know. Mm-hmm. Um, they maybe come from a, a very strict cultural background or mm-hmm. some sort of circumstance where going to mom and dad would be almost worse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Reach out for help. Uh, there are people that, you know, this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You are not the only person yeah. that this yeah. has happened to. Uh, we can help you resolve those. Yeah. Oh, wow, Dom. Yeah, this is uh, this has been awesome. I have one one kind of quick question before we go. And I, I, I asked you this on the phone, too. But how do you uh, how do you handle this? Like you have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of our team, you know, has have been in this role for a long time. And when you find most ICE investigators, uh, this is, 
you know, the work that they know is going to make uh, a difference, make an impact. And so this is heavy mm. um, material. Our forensic techs, a uh, big shout out to them. Yeah. They sit in the offices day in, day out, going through electronic devices, looking at uh child sexual abuse imagery day in, day out. Um, uh, that is their job, uh, but they're there as our experts. They're our technology experts to you know, procure the evidence, uh, to bring it forward to the courts. Um, yeah, I mean, wellness is always on the forefront of our mind. You know, how do we you know, how do we not burn out? How do we not get compassion fatigue? How mm-hmm. do we, you know, keep being productive in our in our mm-hmm. work? But mm-hmm. this is critical. It's important. Um, mm-hmm. Most people uh, realize that they are making a difference, and mm-hmm. our team is good. Mm-hmm. Our team works well. Uh, they produce results, and um, and I think we have a very uh, uh, we're we're very poised to make as many arrests as possible, and that's mm-hmm. the good news. So. Yeah. Wow. I uh, thank you so much, hey. Thank for, you for having me. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll I'll probably be. Uh, I'll be reaching out again, for sure. Um, even down the road, and and just even to find, maybe even like on a personal note, just other ways to get involved and stuff like that. But um, yeah, a huge, uh, like seriously, huge. Mm. Um, thank you gratitude for the work that you guys do and like I yeah I can't even imagine I can't even imagine the what you guys have had to just that load that you that you guys all carry and so I just huge shout out to you guys too and I I just really um as a just a citizen of you know Mm. Calgary and I'm just, yeah, really grateful for what you guys do. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are. And, uh, I mean, the impact and the difference that you guys are making, you know, we don't, you're not, like, totally right out there in the forefront. So it's almost like we, you know, we, I, you know, we don't see what you guys are doing and everything and the, the fight that you guys are fighting mm-hmm. every day, day in and day out. But, so, yeah, I just really... Um, I, I also hope that we can, you know, to those of you that are in the political arena, I hope that we can throw some some more funding your guys' way or something too and just to, you know, just make more of a dent in this thing. I know that, I know it's always going to be there. It's just a reality, like some of these other issues and stuff like that. But it's, uh, we just, I also really believe that we can do more and we can do better. And so... Part of that is even just, yeah, having you on here today and just trying to raise raise awareness around all of this, even just mm-hmm. you guys and your department and what you do and, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just the value of it in our society. Like, it's huge. And so thank you so much, Dominic, yeah. for everything. Great. Nope. We appreciate the opportunity. As I say, it's great to reach out to people and um, and to bring them into our world a little mm-hmm. bit so that you mm-hmm. know we're just 
this is going to be with us for a long time. We're not yeah. going to get rid of it overnight. So we yeah. appreciate uh, all the all the tips that come in from people, all the organizations mm-hmm. that share what's on their platforms and they share it with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very thankful that, you know, that people are getting on board mm-hmm. um, and that uh, we're all in this together. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, for all of you that are listening, uh, don't forget that if you do ever come across anything like this, um, we're, we're going to have the links and the numbers in the show notes, but you can please, if you, if you, even have a little bit of an inkling that something is going on. Trust your gut. Um, it's always better, obviously, to be safe than sorry. And I don't think we trust our gut enough when it comes to this stuff. So, um, yeah, so we'll have the Crime Stoppers tip in the uh, link and stuff like that in the show notes. And I'll get all the rest of it from you too afterward, uh, Dominic. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, uh, for tuning in to the Ordinary Courage podcast uh you can find us on apple podcasts and spotify there's some other platforms as well that we're on but those are the main ones and uh appreciate your guys' support uh please pass this this episode on pass it forward um the more awareness we can raise around this issue the better uh the better for all of us and so yeah thanks everyone for tuning in and uh till next time